Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and thinking a little too hard about being inefficient on purpose. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. Have a popsicle. They are cold and flavorful, like a good soul. And wait, I want to ask real quick, uh, why are you having to think about being inefficient? Doesn't that isn't that the natural state is inefficiency, or are you oh, are you oh no. naturally overly efficient? Okay, we'll have to get into that. Uh, yeah, in a and second. I think that's going to be related to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, although I'm also curious about how you know what good souls taste like. But uh, today on the show, we're it's talking about midlife crises and death. I guess that's yes. a you know a very uh, uplifting topic. So. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I think I get the impression Kendall has some questions. Uh, uh, I have a number to, of things. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we should give a little bit of a life up, life update because we keep doing that because life has been complicated. I have moved. But you're now in the same the time zone as me, I, or not the same time zone, but only one away. One hour instead of eight. Yeah, so oh, it's a man. lot easier. Um, it's like we're in the same room. But it is 91 degrees outside, and I'm in mm. my one room without any kind of cooling device. So it's warm in my office. Uh, it's fine all morning. It's The last two hours of the day are a little rough. But um, yeah. I have a fan, but it uh, it's it's insufficient. Most of the year, it's great out here. It's very insulated, but uh, it does warm up. Um, I'm sure I, so you I have, have more than one fan. I, I mean, I'm also your fan. Oh, I get jokes. Aww. I'm slow, but I get stuff. Thanks. <laughs> well, I it's warm, you know. Here. Uh, <laughs> so so well. we've moved across the planet. Um, life has changed dramatically. I have tried to order. I have ordered six desks in a year, uh, which is like a whole story. I'm super opinionated about what desk I have. I keep trying to get the same fucking desk, and it's really hard to get the right one. Mostly because I'm an idiot, but uh, also because so I'm six very desks, picky about it. Six but desks. They're, and, and they're all for you. I'm, not well, like I keep for sending them back. Yeah, yeah uh, for me. And like, I, I bought one, <laughs> I sold one, I bought one and sent it back, and I bought another one and used it for a year. And then I came back and I uh, bought this desk. And I was super excited because it was brand new in the box. And then I set it up and realized it was the wrong fucking one. And so then I ordered another one and it's supposed to arrive tomorrow. But I had also written the company and said, hey, could you send me this one part that changes? Like, it's just something different about the legs. And they wrote me back. and They're like, sure, we can send that to you. So now I'm going to send back the other desk. Uh, anyways, it's just like a hot mess. I don't need to be this opinionated, but I really, really, really am when I spend Ew, this much time. You spend time a lot desk. of time at your desk. Yes. You know. um, but uh, important. also, I was going to say that I left the Iberian Peninsula where we play a lot of paddle ball, and we are in America and now playing pickleball. And mm-hmm. um, I think I like paddle as a sport a little bit better. Now, granted, I'm new to pickle. Maybe it will grow on me. There's some things to like about pickleball. But pickleball is really like life-size adults uh, ping pong. Ping it's pong, like, yeah. It's basically ping pong with humans that human scale instead of with a table in the middle. Um, but um, it is very entertaining. And I live right down the street from a pickup course. So I, or like pickup court. So I can just walk in, set my paddle in a stack, and then I play in the next game that comes up, and it's very entertaining. My second game ever, I got my ass whooped by two 72-year-old <laughs> men, 
And I was playing yeah. with an 82 year old guy, and he is not the reason we lost. It was 100% me. It was um, you. <laughs> yeah. You do not have the, the strategy down. Well, it's just, it's really interesting how old you can play this game. Like, Paddle was not that way. You, you oh, could play it to an old town. age, but you couldn't play it till that old of age. And uh, yeah. They converted Anyways. our local tennis courts to pickleball courts not too long ago, and people are always playing there. And yet, yeah, this town yeah. runs real old, so runs real it's old. mostly people it's, who are older than me. <laughs> yeah. Well, my life has been adjusting to mountain running again, which is always a delight. Uh, I don't have a mountain bike, but I have been biking a lot. My legs are not used to this much biking. In Portugal, I biked regularly, but more short distances and the occasional long ride. And here I'm doing a lot of miles every day because I use it to get around a lot more. And everything's happy place. far. Uh, yeah. And um, and the family's all happy and back. And life oh, is good. wildly different. I'm going to miss a lot of things about Portugal, but it's it's mm, nice to be I back. So. It was um, worth the try, though. Well, I mean, it was worth the trip. It's 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 not like it was a failure. It's not like we tried and failed. It's We went and did, and it didn't all pan out the way we planned. Uh, but that's how adventures tend to go. And oh, I got the impression you we were we intending it. to stay longer than a year. Oh, we absolutely were. I mean, that's why we sold everything we owned. But, uh, but, but yeah, I'm very glad with the outcome of it, even though I was planning. Oh, on yeah, that you did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You learned. You got a, cool, a lot of cool experiences out of that. And, that and I think the kids got wonderful. a lot of cool of experience. Cool experiences. And we got yeah, to see an awful lot of Europe. You. We went everywhere. Yeah. So, anyways, how how are you doing? What's what's going on with you? What have you sown? And uh, uh, what have you blown up lately or burned? <laughs> what have I burned lately? Probably Ooh. something in a pipe. Oh. Uh, oh, that sort of burning things up. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> earlier this morning. Um, but uh, the the let's see. I was thinking more like recently. I I destroyed uh, the third in a series. No, the second in a series of expensive pans. That uh, and I just huh. we just got the third one. I don't know what it is about this particular kind of pan. I just maybe it's related to the other thing that I'm burning. Um, I will steam something you know put a little water in the bottom of the pan and i will put a, a silicone steamer tray in it and then i'll put the green beans in or whatever and steam them and that i have on two different occasions forgotten about it and returned to a utterly destroyed non-stick uh like three and a half quart pan that cost sixty dollars and oh my god i can't believe that i so now we have three lids that fit this one new pan nice um, Way but, to go. Yeah, so that's, that's a the, really that's expensive way to get three lids. Uh, I mean, the expense of the pans notwithstanding, like coming back into a room that is filled surely with some kind of terrible toxin because I have destroyed the inside of a nonstick pan is not great either. So you It's know, just yeah. aluminium. All it does is lead to dementia. I wouldn't worry too much about it. <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be a perpetuating thing then, right? Uh, more, more, uh, more dementia. More pans. More more pans getting burned so yeah that that's a slightly concerning to me so i'm gonna be paying attention to that okay, uh, okay. but yeah i should have set a timer basically um but yes. yeah I've, I've i've been i am much much better in the last couple of days than i have been for about three weeks which sucks because well i mean it's great now but uh i've been sick off and on and i'm not often sick so it's yeah it's been kind of gross um what kind of sick but like, now like nasally coldy things or things you don't want to share uh, oh, <laughs> I, as a as an aging woman, I'm more than happy to share any number of things that you do not want to hear about. All the things, Anyways, uh, exactly. Uh, the the first part of the sick of being sick, and there, I think these are two separate things. But I I had real bad vertigo for a bit, and I've had 
uh, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo for quite a long time. And it has been mostly wow. handled my life in my life. But then I was dizzy for like two, two straight weeks and sucked a lot, but that went away. And then I, uh, thought I had food poisoning, uh, but it's not food poisoning. It's, you know, like perimenopausal lady times. And that was awesome. Uh, and it took a long time for that to be done. And I'm really ready for that shit to be over, as are probably most women my age. Yeah, yeah. over, over. That shit to be over. Um, but on the good side, uh, I am getting ready to go to DEF CON. I mean, that's pretty pretty good side. Like, I'm, uh, as I was this time last year, anxious about traveling. It's still COVID times. I don't care what anyone says about it. It's still a dangerous time to be spending uh, time in a room full of people breathing out that you don't know and that haven't tested and that aren't wearing masks. Cause now this year at DEF CON masks are not required. They were required last year. Um, will so, you be wearing a mask? Yes, I will be wearing a mask whenever I am around other people. You know, you're going to um, die of dementia and not COVID, right? Well, hopefully <laughs> that'll be later. That would be great. I'd also okay, like okay. to, well, I may die of dementia anyway. You may die of dementia uh, anyway. Given yeah. today's well, topic, it seems appropriate, but uh, yeah. Well, okay, so I have a bunch of questions about DEF CON. Um, okay. One, do you participate in any of the, the events when you go? Like, do you do any of the social engineering booths? They have, uh, you know, they've got like a whole bunch of different villages where you can go participate. And maybe oh, only yeah. the best do, or maybe you do. Like, that's what I'm curious. Uh, I haven't in the last couple of years because COVID, but... Um, there have been some really awesome events that I have at least part participated in by being present. Like a few years back, there was this amazing uh, supercomputer AI based um, capture the flag contest that was sponsored by DARPA, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, this is not your father's DARPA. Uh, that was cool. It was like a big event with like um, someone doing the live color commentary and someone doing all the stats on like what's happening with the, cause all you could watch was these giant box machines on the stage that were all lit up in different neon colors, which was cool. But like, no one's there doing anything. These are all like preset to do stuff. And the teams are just like sitting around on couches being excited. So it was really amazing how much of an exciting thing they made that be without actually any action happening that you could watch. Uh, and I was impressed with that, but, um, I haven't done any of the, uh, social engineering village type, uh, challenges, but I have as a DJ been subject to people trying to do social engineering contests, especially there was a, a thing a few years ago with the kids camp, kids camp, um, kids village yeah. where they had the kids going around trying to get people's signatures, for example, or, whatever they're like they come up to me several of them came up to me while i was djing and like oh, i'd really like your autograph and i'm like nice try kid um but i you know signed a thing anyway like with some random signature but it was um Not at p diddy that kind of stuff is fun and then obviously uh there's always a badge puzzle of some kind and as an artist i get a somewhat different badge every different category of badges does something different typically especially when they're electronic badges yeah and so people will come and try and do the thing that they need to do. The need to find every single badge type and, and get the output from it or whatever. Uh, and that's always fun as a, 
as an attendee is to have people come up while you're playing and be like, can I get that? One year it was a record. All the, everybody's badges were uh, little records and people wanted to take it away and play it into a USB connection and record the output and then bring it back. Uh, that kind of stuff so that they could get the clue in some way and solve the bad puzzle. And the badge puzzle is always so amazing. I'm like, I, can, I can't possibly participate because I'm not going to be there for, you know, people get, get there, get the badge and immediately start. Like they have a team of people. They're on it 24-7, well, 24-4 or however many days it takes them to get to it. Um, and then they people write it up, what they went through to figure out the badge puzzle. I'm just fascinating. Like, I definitely recommend looking up solutions to the badge puzzle over the years. Well, so one of the things they say, though, is like, don't bring your own computer. Don't bring your regular phone. Like, eh. you, do you, you just take all those and don't worry about them and log into your bank. It's on not the, an issue. Like, there. it might have it been a problem in the past. Uh, and, of course, don't, like, log into stuff over the clear. Don't, you know... Th- there, there's a chance that you might get hacked, but it's not really like that. It's not the the way that people have depicted it on like the X Files or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the lone gunman go to DefCon and it's a free for all. Uh, if you if you stay on the right network, you know, if you don't, um, if if you if you use encryption, you're you're gonna be fine. I would not leave on Bluetooth. Right, I I don't do that anyway. I don't. I turn it off when I'm done talking on the phone with my earbuds or whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, other than that, you should You be can fine. just double click the Apple Pay thing and walk around until you find a near field communication device. Just be like, and just see who you can yeah. pay. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, see what happens. Um, that's interesting. I mean, what are you looking forward to the most at DEF CON? Like, is it, is it the people connections? Cause you've been going for a long time. Is there a specific talk or a specific topic that excites you? I think DEF CON's fascinating. I've always wanted to go and I've never been. So that's why I'm asking all these. It's fun to just be in that environment. Uh, there's a lot of like extreme uh style of different types uh, I, I look forward to seeing the people that i don't normally get to see um since i moved away from the bay area i don't get to see the folks from soma fm and i'm that's who I'm, i go with to dj uh at the chill out lounge uh i see people my former customers and friends who are in the security field come while i'm djing and come say hi and there's a lot of hugs and i i, I enjoy that catching up with people um but other than are you gonna that, hug with a face mask on or are you gonna not hug? sure Okay. Yeah, I'll hug. That's fine. And um, I'll have my CO2 monitor, which I did last year, which was really helpful in the big ballroom where the chill out lounge is. Like I, we do, my husband and I do the first uh, two hours from 10 to noon. We open up the, the chill out lounge. So it's pretty quiet in there. Like, I mean, in addition to it being the chill out lounge, people just start coming in. And so the CO2 levels in there are pretty good until just about when we're done. Uh, so I don't, I'm not too concerned about that. It's the rest of DEF CON, the rest of Vegas, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. in a restaurant that doesn't have an out, like a big open side to the, to the air or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, most of them are ventilated pretty well because you can still smoke a cigar on like the yeah. casino floor. So that is definitely true. And it's something that I, um, I try to remember it, because yeah, you don't, they don't like, they already have good ventilation because they don't want people to smell the cigars and cigarettes and whatever. And also the BO of people who have been gambling for days or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and also right near where the conference venue is and where we're staying, there's this like outside row of restaurants and shops. And so we can uh, go and eat outside potentially, although it's going to be a lot hotter this year than it was in, pri- in last year. Anyway, last year it was in the like 
low 90s and this year it's going to be in the mid 110s so i yeah i'm not excited about that i left arizona for a reason people and the, the well multiple regions but that was definitely one of them yeah um, so yeah. yeah well you should go okay. to defcon sometime it's I want to. I, think you I mean, would find I, it highly entertaining at, at very least. <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, I would love to. I think it's the right kind of people. I think it would be a good business connections. It would be all the right things. It's just one more in a long series yeah, of yeah. fall events. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm already back from a conference. I've got one in September. I've got two in November. I've got you know, like there's. Yeah, it's yeah. Gonna be, it's not a it's priority. Yeah. But yeah, they just released uh, the list of talks and the schedule, so I haven't had a chance to look at that and see what I will want to watch. But they almost always broadcast them on the in-room TV, so you don't have to yeah. stand in line. Uh, the main channel talks anyway, not the like village talks or anything. So if you wanted to see one of those, you'd have to physically go. Uh, but uh, they, they make all that stuff available after the fact. So if there's anything yeah. super interesting, I will let you know. Yeah, the content is always harder for me. I want to read written form or listen to podcast form. I, I have a really hard time with sitting still and watching anything, even yeah. a lecture, even a video, anything. But I would um, much rather read text too. I agree. Yeah. Okay, well, so let's shift to the topic. The reason mm. I put this down is uh, the the market has been rough for a couple of months. I mean, it's it's been rough for a couple of years, depending on where you are in the world uh, the near cave-in of Silicon Valley Bank was like right as things were starting to look more positive and then uh, got a lot lot more bleaker for a lot of people. You know, there are companies that are booming in the midst of it. Uh, even mm-hmm. some of the some of the companies I work with are booming in the midst of it. But um, I have seen a lot of people leave work without another job lined up and then suddenly end up in a panic position or, you know, just chew on the question of where am I going next? What what matters to me next? Uh, should I go independent? Should I stop working for the man? Should I um, when can the evil like philosophical the man become the woman? I mean, I feel like if we're going for gender par- gender parity, we should be able to call the 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 uh I don't know. Anyways, that's aside. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I have thoughts there, but uh, we, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, I think your thoughts probably align with mine, and that's why we keep calling it the man. But still, um, the uh, anyways. The, so I'm just thinking about that, and also, um, you know, my I just moved back from having a midlife crisis and taking my entire family with me on that midlife crisis. Uh, oh, is that really so, a midlife crisis? I mean, esque. I think. I think there's. You know, okay. it depends on what All the right. midlife crisis is. So, so let's start with that. Like, let's define what the midlife crisis is and the people that you've seen in your life that have really gone through them. Because I think. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you start with what you think the the midlife <laughs> crisis is, and I have an opinion about it too. But okay. You so uh, typically a midlife crisis is uh, someone getting, you know, more in the 40 to 60 age range. And, you know, I'm sure it's just a 60 very big... midlife? Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Just wait. Um, and thinking, huh, what, am I doing what's important? I, I, I realize now that I will die someday and it's, it's coming up and time seems to start passing faster as you get older. Seasons blow by and you're like... I don't remember what year that was. Um, And so you start thinking about what, how to spend, have I done enough to, I don't know, warrant my place on this earth or in people's memories more like, and uh, if not, how do I, you know, what is it I want to achieve? How do, am I, am I going there? Is anything I'm working on worthwhile in the long term? Those kinds of things. And I think 
I have already, I mean, I have gone through that and I continue to go through that. Um, I think I may have gone, had my midlife crisis a little early in that I decided quite a long time ago that I was not going to be working. Like I, I was not going to be working in tech for, you know, the, the, the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, that I would be getting out of it as soon as possible financially and moving on to doing things that actually mattered, quote. Um, so, and that, that started for me in my mid-30s, thinking about it that way. Uh, but I really went for it more in my, in my 40s and managed to get out by 52 at this point, and I'm 53 now. And how did I'm you... still thinking, hmm. How anyway. did you process it? I mean, when you, when you started to really wrestle with that... Uh, you know, did you did you quit your job, change jobs to try to find something more meaningful? Is that when you got on the board of the nonprofit that you work with? Like, what what was your process? Was it a slow, long burn, or did you like, you know, rage quit everything, buy a Corvette, put the top down, and you know, leave your wife and kids? Um, well, the first time was when I thought that I was getting super burned out and I needed to do something else, and I quit my job at Splunk. I I uh, tried to quit my job at Splunk, um, in 2008 or nine, I had, I had been really sick. Like I had almost died of, uh, an antibiotic resistant pneumonia. And I was thinking about mortality, which is a big part of people thinking about that is what leads to midlife crisis. And, uh, I decided at that point I was going to quit my job and they talked me into taking a break and then coming back and doing something else, which was awesome. It definitely changed the trajectory of my life such that I could continue to work and not feel super bad about it for a while. Um, but I still knew this is just a kind of prolonging the, the pain a bit, uh, prolonging my, my non-enjoyment of things. Um, so that was, so that was the first thing. And then I just made plans. Like I'm very, I don't know. This is where, <laughs> this we go back to the being inefficient on purpose thing. I made lists about, you know, I had, I try to be really honest with myself. Why am I feeling this way? What do I, is there, is there something I can identify? And then if, when yeah. I ad- identify it, what do I do about it? Like I definitely sit there and make checklists. I don't know if that's something yeah. that you do. Uh, about you know, I, I don't want to have a problem something. sitting around and making checklists. I mean, I, I'll write down my thoughts. That's that's different, but uh, we'll keep going. First of all, oh, so I decided like this is when I have this much, uh, when I when I'm able to generate this much from my investments or whatever, and have set aside enough for that, then I'm gonna stop. And so yeah. I just worked towards that. And I had thought that I was gonna stop after leaving Honeycomb, which was in 2018, no, was in 2020, January of 2020, I left and I thought, okay, that's probably enough, I'm gonna be done. And then I heard about Cribble, which is the company I went to most recently uh, and was like, oh yeah, this is, this is too good to turn down. I had been offered uh, a, a job where I could basically do whatever, you know, it was very low key for me and the pay was good. And I knew that the options were going to be worth something. And so I decided to stick around for, and I at that time decided two more years because that will be, you know, I'll have 50% of my shares vested. That's going to be a goodly amount in my opinion. 
and then I'll move on again. I'll go back to, and that's exactly what I did. I followed through on my plan and I stopped. Uh, and then that's when I started getting involved with nonprofits and stuff. I had been involved in more government oriented things like the League of Women Voters and um, observing the ethics commission of the city of Oakland and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still, and, and several other things, whatever. But um, I, I have started to observe things closer to home and see what matters to people that I know or that are in the same community as me. And that has made a big difference to my perspective on what matters and what doesn't matter. But um, to what, why are you thinking about this, Kendall? So you, you people well, are leaving jobs and feeling like work isn't really fulfilling them. Is well, that I mean, to you? there's a couple of things also. So I think it is tied to death and I'll come to the why you've, you've touched on it, but the, um, I have seen a lot of friends really wrestling with who am I? What am I? Why does this matter? Does any of it matter? Does this, you know, like, what am I doing with my life? Um, and I mean, the canonical examples that I think of, I have more than one friend, uh, who, you know, somebody in their family, close family member died and they're like, wait, I'm not a heterosexual. I'm leaving my spouse and I'm going to go pursue the life, you know, like those kinds mm-hmm. of things and like Becoming leave behind themselves. kids and leave. Yeah. And like, uh, and change everything, which like, you know, I, I think I, I can't relate to at all. Right. You know, and, and, uh, I can't imagine having kids and a spouse that you've been with for 15 years and then feeling like, okay, I, I have to, I've been, you know, not true to myself. I have to go mm-hmm. be, so I, you know, I, I can't relate to that in any way, but I, I think it's fascinating and I've seen people go through, you know, then there's, the, then there's the person who's just like, fuck it, I'm buying a Ferrari, right? Which I don't understand how that scratches the itch. Nothing matters. Nothing I've done with my life matters, but this fast car, that matters. Uh, uh, I think that sort of goes towards like, what do other people think of me? Have I achieved something? And but to a lot of people, financial success is, and the trappings of that, show other people that they have arrived, they have achieved something. So that they've, I I buy that. Well, so I think you've said uh, part of it is people start to think about death. I think the reason it's a crisis is because as a society, we don't talk about death. We ignore it. Mm -hmm. We definitely teach a like, you're invincible, you're young, you're going to last forever. Everything's amazing. And so what happens is we have a lot of people who grow up, they never think about death. They don't think about death Mm -hmm. in their teenage years. They don't think about death in college. They go get a job and it's, they're not thinking about the long term. They're just, this is the next step. This is the next step. This is what I do. This is how it works. And Mm -hmm. it's when something happens, happens later in life or like, wait, I've been actually pretty successful in my career, but hang on. Is this what I want to be? Why do I feel so useless? Yeah. Right. Well, Uh, people have their first encounter. They have their first encounter with like philosophical thinking, right? People don't study philosophy. This is one of the reasons that uh, reducing the amount of literature people study in school and, and do analysis of, is bad. I mean, it's not ever been super good, at least not in the US, um, in terms of preparing people to think about what is what matters. Uh, But definitely, people come around a lot later, I think now and go, oh, 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 there's, there's this whole like layer of thinking about things between being and doing that I haven't had uh, uh, experience with and, oh my God, mind blown, you know, kind of thing. Well, and I think, I think, 
you know, for me, a lot of that came in the move home from China, where it's like, I'm doing this thing I believe in, I'm passionate about, and now, wait, what the fuck? I, I, I don't get to do that anymore. My sole goals in life are make enough money to support the family, have a fucking job, right? Like, I don't have career uh, ambition. I don't have whatever. I'm just trying to keep the wheels on. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, that was a significant crisis of identity for me in in figuring all that out and how, how do I go about that? But I think a lot of it boils down to we don't think about death. We don't think about how to die well. And so, I mean, similarly, like most of my friends are not thinking about how to retire well. What do they want in retirement? How can they prepare for that now? And yeah. like, it's a thing I think a lot about, like, well, what would I do if I had all the money in the world? And how can I make my life today as close to what that could be as possible now? It's not the exact same thing. I need mm-hmm. money to live still. You know, I'm not, I'm not completely financially independent. Could I be if I didn't have uh, four mouths, little mouths to feed that that are little mouths and they can put as much in those little <laughs> mouth holes as I can? Um, you know, those kinds of things maybe, but there's... Uh, I, so, so I'm thinking about it because I'm seeing family wrestle with it. Uh, I'm seeing friends wrestle with it. And I listened to a, a thing recently about just like dying well and what does that mean and how yeah, what, what if maybe the most- Say more Im- about that. Well, they're basically saying the most important thing we can do in our life is know that we're going to die. That, you know, mm-hmm. like if we don't know that, then we never live our life like that. And it comes as a surprise with all kinds of regrets and all kinds of, you know- yeah. um, you can, you can live. Does that just mean having a bucket it. list? What well, does that mean? I, I think for some people it means having a bucket list. I mean, I I don't, uh, I don't think of my life in terms of bucket list. I do think that there's a lot of things that I do in my life because I want the story, or I, you know, I'm going to be sad if I didn't, if I got to death and said I didn't do that thing because I've always kind of wanted uh-huh. to do that thing. Um, but uh, you know, call that it a sounds like list. a bucket list to call me. Yeah. Don't. Well, bucket list to me sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you're right by that definition. That's that's bucket list. You're you're right. Uh, I think it's in my head. It's something a little bit different. But um, well, so pause there. Do you have a bucket list? I don't. Like I, I don't really, and I feel weird about that. But uh, I will think about things and be like, oh, I'd like to do that, and then I start making plans and do it. It's kind of like why it's difficult to shop for presents for me and why I kind of give my husband a yeah. pass on that because I want a thing. I need a thing. I you know need a new kitchen gadget or a new piece of whatever special needles for my sewing machine. I just get them. Go buy it. And yeah. that's, I think a lot, and, and I, I've been thinking about this in terms of, you know, you're saying family, you're seeing family struggle with this and you're seeing people, you know, struggle with the idea of death and uh, why I, made all these plans and had such a kind of rigorous approach to how I'm going to get to where I want to go to, why I chose not to have kids, why I, you know, wasn't planning on getting married or having dependents at all or uh, anything like that is because of growing up in the sort of Gen X vibe of the government is going to not be around to take care of you when you're older. Yeah. And so thinking about that kind of kickstarts the early thinking about what do I do? I'm going to be older. I'm going to eventually die and I need to, I want to be comfortable. That has been my overarching bucket list item is I want to do stuff, but I, I am not a risk taker as we've discussed before, not nearly as much as you. I am. I, I like to be comfortable. I like to, whatever it is I do, I like to do the comfortable version of it. 
So weirdly, the comfortable like, version for me involves turning the stove off, but you do you. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a failure in the comfort zone. I have to say. Uh, sorry, keep going. Keep I don't going. always achieve yeah. everything I want to achieve, but yeah. Uh, and that feels like you know, am I lazy? I think it's more risk averse. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like to risk being in situations where I don't know the outcome. And I do think that that has, uh, like that has denied me some experiences I might have enjoyed. I definitely agree. And that's something I think about too, is like, can I push a little more into the zone of trying stuff that scares me? Hmm, maybe. Yeah. That's the reason I don't watch TV shows that stress me out. Like all across my life is like that. So I yeah. think that's one of the reasons. And so Gen X kids, uh, and you know, of course, this is a huge generalization. Gen X kids were raised to think about their mortality, I, yeah. I think. Well, uh, and I don't know whether the later generations are. I mean, I think I think it's common in a lot of places. It's It's easier when you see, like, as an example, when I'm living in China, I'm seeing cultural things that I'm like, wait, why is nobody questioning this, right? And and to be clear, everything I'm about to say, like, is because I'm an outsider looking in right. and they would come yeah. to America and be like, you, you notice. Fuckers? Yeah, why don't you notice this in your own? You know, take the, what's the, mm -hmm. take the plank out of your own eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's. The, um, the, the example for me was I had friends who were just so stressed out, like I've, I'm in debt up to my ears because I had to buy this apartment and I had to buy this car and I'm I'm married and I'm having kids and I have to afford the best schools for them because like they have to have oh, the yeah. same thing. And, I, and I'm like, that. well, hang on. And, and what do you <gasps> want for your kids? And they're like, well, my kid needs to grow up and they need to go to the best school and they need to get the best grades and they need to get the best job and they need to have a house and they need to have a car and they need to get married so they can have, and I'm like, but wait, but you're miserable. Why are you wishing you the same this. things yeah. on your kids? And every time they would pause, think about it far enough to be like, yeah, there does seem like a disconnect and then There's say, we there. don't think about these things. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm sure that that's, you know, I'm sure there's people who question those things, reject those things, just like there are in every society. Mm -hmm. um, but it, 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 it always just struck me as like, dude, you're miserable and you're not thinking about this. But, but we go through the same thing. We, we go through school, we get the job. You know, I think the progression is you get a job because you're supposed to get a job. And then you yeah. try to succeed at the job because that's what the people in the job are trying to do. They're trying to succeed. And you you, you want to succeed too because that's, that's that seems like that's the important thing. And, oh, I'll make more money. And now you're making more money. is kind of fun. The first time you can buy your own toaster without having to use mom and dad's toaster. And the first time you buy a car and you can actually afford it. And the first time you, you know, you go to a concert without worrying about all every penny that you spent to get there. And, and so that's how you end up in your 30s without having thought about it is because there's been some nice carrot sticks in front, in front of you. Of you. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you reach some amount of potentially stability or you don't. And that's a, that's another cause for the midlife crisis. Right. But that's um, when it gets mashed up with follow your dreams, that's yeah. when that gets fucked up. Right. It's like, yeah, you got to have dreams. You got to, you got to have things you enjoy doing and you, you should try and do them as much as you can get away with. If it's something that you can't make money with, but the idea that you can follow your dreams and that will automatically lead you to success is a hugely um, like dangerous proposition for people to fall into. Isn't yes. that sad? I mean, it is sad. This is why we need universal basic income, et cetera, et cetera. But 
Like, can you imagine the shit people would do? Could you, they could would you get bring up to? that up every episode? Just I will, please. I, because I, it matters to every yeah. aspect of your life. Is yeah, you know, yeah. you have this overhead that is like forty million feet tall of having to survive. Yeah, like having to have the money to live and and to feed yourself and your family and the health. Anyway, it's pretty obvious, but. But that I think is the combination. The combination of like, I will take any job. I will do whatever. I'm following my dreams, uh, and then they, they, the outcome is you know you don't have a plan, you don't have you don't have stability at the end of it. You are at the right. mercy of corporate America, and everybody loves that. It's yeah. really good for everyone, right? Um, sarcasm. Well, and as long as the markets keep alert. going up, it's fine because you don't have to be particularly brilliant at it. It's gonna mostly succeed. But if those markets go down, then fuck me, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some messiness there, but I think um, I've been talking to a lot of friends around like life is too short to be miserable in what you do, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I even think about the you know, pardon my bringing up Ecclesiastes here, right? But like, I've <laughs> I've I've gardened, it doesn't make me happy. I've fucked everybody I could fuck, it didn't make me happy. I've you know, like, and he goes on and on mm-hmm. and on, and he's basically like, look, but you he have tried to work. those things. You, he did try, <laughs> but he's basically like, look, you you have. You, you have to work. Enjoy your work. There's not much else you can do. Eat and drink and enjoy life because your days are short. And you know, I think there's some reality to that wisdom. Uh, and whether whether you buy the book that it comes in or not is a whole other story. Uh, but um, or the sourcing of said book, or the sourcing yeah. of said book. I mean, I just think it's an interesting. There are things that I'm chewing on, not because I feel like I'm particularly having a crisis. Now I'm uh, again, I'm watching a family member going through a midlife crisis, and I'm like, you can't go through a midlife crisis. You just went through one like two years ago, and you were done, and then now you're, you're having another one. No, 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 no. It didn't uh, take. And, <laughs> yeah, it didn't take. And, <laughs> uh, that's one hundred percent what it is. So I just think. It's fascinating. I'm chewing on it as it relates to me. I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not that many years away from empty nesting and I'm pretty excited about that. And um, Do you have a list of things you're going to do when that happens? Well, we've got a, we've got a tentative list, but uh, yeah, I mean, walk around cool. the house naked, party, live in Europe for a while, drive, train across you places d- you have, that we... Yeah. Well, it's very different <laughs> You've living done some in Europe of that. without kids. Oh, I've done a lot of it, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, traveling to France with uh, four people in tow is very different than the way that my wife and I would see Paris with no no little people in tow. Um, Totally. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, I hope you I hope you have an awesome time when you do it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Uh, yeah. What you were saying about like you know I've tried doing various things and you know you should enjoy your work kind of makes me think of. a Kurt Vonnegut quote, which is where I want to get back to the being inefficient on purpose. Like I'm sure many people have heard this quote or, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but he tells a story about like uh, telling his wife, I have to go buy an envelope. Um, I'll be back. And she's like, why don't you just order it off the internet? And he's like, but then I would be denied all these opportunities to just fart around. And I think yeah. you could totally relate to this part. It's like, you know, I'm going to get on my bike. I'm going to go to the post office or the, the office supply store or whatever. I'm going to see dogs. I'm going to see flowers. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to fart around. And then that, I'm going to buy the envelope. And, you know, like, well, that's those, the important thing. Those passing interactions with humans you didn't know and you're never going to see again. 
those those are so much more important to me post COVID. Like I love when I I, I was at uh, Chipotle last week buying family for the dinner or fa- family for the dinner buying dinner <laughs> for the family. You get the idea. I was buying a family so that my family could eat. A family uh, and, of chickens. Uh, yeah, that's right. No, so so we're going down the line, and the 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 lady who's like heating up the burritos is in such a bad mood that the person she's passing them off to is like apologizing to my kids as they're coming down the line and like going back oh, and fixing cranky. some of the things. Oh my gosh! And so just just walk up, and I'm just like. I'm going to make this person smile. And I have this bubbly, hello, how's it going? Just, and overwhelm. And I mean, she might have, she, other, other, half the time it goes that way. Yeah, they just get pissed off and slap <laughs> me. But half the time it, it does kind of cheer them up. And it's, I just love those little interactions throughout every day. You bump into a kid, you say something kind to a person, you let someone mm-hmm. know they're seen, they're cared for, they exist. I like your outfit. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I love those things, but yes, to, to fart around. Well, so so I want to, re- we got to put a bow on this in a few minutes because I do actually oh, have yeah. a hard stop. But the um, when you think about death, I mean, what are the things that you're aiming for before you get there? You're, part of it is enjoying your now and not mm-hmm. giving it to uh, the woman. Um, the, in <laughs> the quotes, dude. The dude. <laughs> The overseer. The overseer. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so part of it's that, but what are the things that are on your list? Put a, put a little bow on this. Uh, that, well, I can't, I can't help it. thinking about like, I want people to think well of me after I'm dead. And I literally had that thought this morning and I'm like, why do I care? I will be dead. Right. So obviously there's a difference when you don't believe in the afterlife. Yep. Uh, you're like, it's over. That's the end. And to me, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to pack in a bunch of stuff because it'll be over. Right. And I want to spend as much of that time uh, having fun with my husband, uh, whom I, you know, every day realize, God, how lucky I am to have found and, and become involved with this person who like we, we match each other really well. It's, it's, I feel super lucky. And so I think about that. Uh, and also one of the reasons that I knew that I was in love back when I realized I was in love and that I keep realizing every day is I might not take good care of myself physically. If it was just me, I'm not, you know, I'm not a very active person. Uh, yep. I, I like to eat a lot. I like to eat good food. I don't really like to eat processed food, but I still like, you know, I eat a lot of things that are not necessarily good for you. Um, I don't get enough exercise and I try to adjust that towards making myself healthier. So I will live longer because I don't want my husband to be really sad when I'm gone. Like I don't want to die before him. Is that, is that weird? But because I know he will be upset, I know he loves me and that he will be really upset and I don't want that. So it just seems like it's a little too codependent in a way, (laughs) in a weird way. But I want to be the best me possible so that we can be the best us possible together for a long time. And then another thing I realized more recently is that I uh, am glad I live in a state that allows dying with dignity. Yeah. Uh, I think that it is totally okay to decide based on your own experience of your life. You know, obviously there's a lot of subtlety here where people aren't in the right frame of mind to make these decisions about themselves and that that things will get better. 
But if things are just going to go downhill, I'd rather be able to make the decision about when to end it, just like I did with going to work, like in the yeah. traditional sense. Uh, I think that comforts me. I don't, I, I don't want to have to fight to let go if yeah. I want to let go. Um, and that, that is definitely really comforting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a bucket list in terms of things I want to do. It's more the overall experience I want to have. Uh, what about you? Yeah. Um, I, I have a few, I mean, I try to keep my bucket list items short. I've got a few trails I want to bike ride. I've got the Pacific Northwest up near Vancouver Island that I want to sail. I've got a few things I want to do, see, because I've always wanted to. They've been in my head. I try to keep that list short. There's a lot of the world and I'm never going to see all of it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount just in Colorado that I'm never going to see that's unbelievable, right? And some that I saw when I was 10 and I would kill to go back and have never been back. Um, so that list is short. I think that for me, the things are, I would like to make decisions now that allow for some financial independence later so that I have the flexibility mm-hmm. to do whatever it is I decide to want, I want to do. A lot of that is just spend time with my family. I want to see my kids get up, grow up. Uh, I want to see them have kids. I want to be there for grandkids. Um, you know, basically our entire raising our kids, my, our, neither my parents nor my in-laws were around. And a lot of that's my fault. I was living in Asia at the time, right? That's hard mm-hmm. to live close by. But um, I want to be there close by for my kids, even if it just means that the beauty of four kids is I can just travel around between them constantly Stay and probably them. not wear them out. Did you know, know but, that's uh, what you're counting on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, when I sit like, on the oh couch, God. I'm like, this is just practice for when I smother you as an adult. Uh, no, the um, <laughs> so those things are on my list. And uh, um, what else? Mm-hmm. I would like to at some point make a real effort at writing a book, but that's uh, Ooh. well, I know yeah. I can help with that if you want it. I mean, I have let me know years and years and years of things written up that I just have never had the ability to tie together and put a bow together. I just, so you I want to write an autobiography? Head, uh, I mean, they're no, no. Or a memoir. My, my no, I, they, I very much intend humorous essays that may or may not be slightly fictional. Oh, okay. Uh, because, right. uh, yeah, it's life is life's too damn depressing. If you tell it the way that it is, you got to tell it the way that it can be spun. And that's <laughs> fucking fun. Uh, Anyways. Excellent. Well, I look yeah. forward to looking at that someday. Yeah. Well, um, thanks, Rachel. We do got to wrap up for time's sake. Uh, a recommendation real quick before we go? Anything you've done or seen or, or consumed lately? Hmm. Dang. What have I had recently or read recently? Um, I enjoyed a book by Martha Wells called The Witch King, which just came out. Uh, it is a uh, fantasy type fairly classic fantasy with some interesting differences. Uh, I would recommend it. It was fun. My recommendation is to eat something so spicy that the only part you enjoy is feeling your body come down from being overheated. That is the best I, feeling in the whole I world. I can relate to that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Have a good one, Kendall. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you next time.